0: Hello, my name is Anthony Esser,
1: and my name is Miles Woodfield, and welcome to our podcast, Better with You.
0: Here, we bring together people from all walks of life to dive deep into unique stories of how friendships can shape and guide us for the better.
1: A good friend is family that you find along the way. I actually didn't like him when I first met him. <laughs> anyway, it's beautiful to have friends.
2: So you're pretty much the greatest friend I've ever had. So
0: Doom. alright <clears throat> so we've known each other for a while yes sir yes and uh would you say that you know me pretty well
1: I think insofar as any person can know you yes I know you pretty damn <laughs> well yes <laughs>
0: What does that mean, insofar as any person can know me?
1: Uh, I think I know you more than I would like to know you at times. How's that?
0: I feel like I'm a thoroughly knowable person, actually. I I feel like I wear myself pretty much on my sleeve.
1: Uh, There's some information that I know about you that would beg to differ that statement. (laughs) That's that's fair. That's fair. And we'll leave it at that. Um, (laughs) But, uh, okay,
0: so given that, that you know me, and you know me very well, um, but you would also say that, like, I'm probably not the same person in some ways that
1: you first met all those years ago. Absolutely not. Neither am I. I mean, we have both changed very much in the last decade um, from being obnoxious uh, uh, neophytes and Philistines when we first met each other into, uh, you know, independent people kind of trying to find our way to being family men, now dads and husbands. It's very... Uh, a lot of transition, but I think the fact that uh, we have stuck it by each other through it is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think that sometimes we've um, been the people affecting that change in each other, and other times we've maybe just been witnessing it. But Or supporting um, it. Yeah, or supporting it, but I think either way, um, we've kind of been with each other on that on that journey of, uh, of changing identity, if you would. Um, so that brings me to our guest who I spoke to um, and who talked to me about kind of her journey with identity and how her friends helped her with that. Margarita is a 26 year old student at Trinity College in Washington, DC. When asked about friends who've had an impact on her life, she mentions an ex-boyfriend, a coworker, and friends she's made in college. Her experience of friendship should sound familiar. In her mid-twenties, she's grappling with her past and its impact on her present and future. When we sat down at a campus library, she began talking about how a friend encouraged her to look outside their small town for answers. What's been a a friend that, a particular friendship that's really impacted your life?
2: Was my friend besides the fact that it was somebody I dated? At the time that he was there, like, you know how they have, like, I think they said like there's people in your life for a season, for a reason and for a lifetime and he was like a season. Yeah. Um in the time I was like just like I said, I didn't know what to do with my life. I was just working and doing nothing and like he came and I was like, You need to do more. Like you need mm-hmm. to like if you wanna do more, do more, like you should do more. Right. And he had like all this like big dreams that he wanted to be like a lawyer or whatever and I was like, yeah. I never really thought about being more than just because I was doing nails at the time, I was a nail tech, uh-huh. and I never thought more than just doing that. I, I had dreams before, but I was just like, eh. Yeah. Like, at this time, I'd been out of school for a long time, and I was just like, I don't know if I want to do anything at that yeah. time. And then he came and he was like, you should. Margarita's
0: boyfriend was in the military and expecting to move. He didn't want to separate Margarita from her family or her dreams of an education. So he broke it off and didn't keep in touch with her or string her along.
2: And it's I feel like it takes a lot more for someone to just like if they really care about you to just walk out of your life and just be yeah. like, We're like we're done, even yeah. if they care a lot about you, like it takes a lot more and it's a lot more of a person when they do that. Yeah, like, like he
0: accepted so. that he was for a season. In your yeah,
2: life. I think so. I didn't really accept it for a long time. <laughs> so I was like, No, the season's not over yet. Come on. I
0: like the season.
2: <laughs> no, no, yeah, I really like it. Don't leave yet. And, oh, but he yeah. was like, No, it's done.
0: Margarita's parents are from a culture where even dating as we know it isn't appropriate before a commitment to marriage. So Margarita decided to move out of her parents' home.
2: And so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna move out, like I'm gonna do my own thing. One thing led to another, like I lost my job at the time, my car broke down, and so where I was staying at I couldn't afford to pay for it, and so one of my other friends that I worked with was like, you can come crash with me, like live with me for some time Mm -hmm. until you get all back on your feet. and like. For people like that, if it wasn't for them honestly I don't know where
0: I would be how did that how did that change your friendship when you started living with her
2: um, it, it did, it was, she was like a little older she had uh-huh. two daughters um, I think she's like 32 I think uh-huh. and I was like 24 25 at the time and mm-hmm. so this is how far she went she like her daughter I think was like 12 and she was like she's gonna move in with me and my room so you can have your own room and I was like.
1: You don't oh, wow. have to
2: let me have her room. Like, I could just crash on your couch. And she was like, no, like, don't worry about it. No, she's mm-hmm. like, you'll stay in the room. And, like, and she worked, and then we weren't working at the same place anymore because I lost my job, and so we didn't really see each other. But we became closer. Mm-hmm. She, like, since I didn't have a car, she would sometimes drop me off to work. Mm-hmm. Well, she would drop off her kids, and, like, she, she looked at me even as a daughter. Like, yeah. you know, like like a mom figure she Mm -hmm. became so I call her mom now because I'm like you helped me out (laughs) so much of time like fed me like get me out of bed sometimes when I didn't want to get out of bed look after me when I was sick I think I stayed with her for like three months and so our friendship became stronger honestly till this day like I still text her and talk with her
0: and Um, so um when you came what did your friend who you lived with what did she think when, when you, she found out you were you were going to come in school she was like
2: really happy because we like we worked at a nail salon and this salon was always with like really rich people in that area that we worked and uh-huh. like we always watched like HGTV oh, cool. you know was always joke right. around about like oh we're gonna go buy our own island and like we're gonna have our own helicopter like I'm just gonna <laughs> buy him a private jet okay and so she got a job also at this really big company and so uh-huh. she left the job so we both kind of like left our jobs and like she took a different path and I took a different path she was like really excited because she was like oh like she calls me Maggie she's like Maggie I'm so happy like you're finally going to your dream because it's I've been in school for a while but it was like Uh part time I wasn't taking a lot Uh of classes and like I didn't I was like I'm probably not going to get my bachelor's till I'm like after 30 and she's like I'm so proud of you that you're going to go and like do your dreams and like you know things are happening in your life and everything's happening for a reason Mm -hmm. and so She was really happy, so it was sad because we've been with each other for like, I think four years. We've been friends. Like When I started working there, we met each other, and so she's like one of those lifetime friends I think that I'll always have.
0: Sure. In 2016, Margarita left her ex-boyfriend, friends, and family in North Carolina and moved to Washington, D.C., where she was able to embrace the American college experience.
2: And so I have, like, a really good group of friends that I think, honestly, if they weren't here, I'd probably be, like, in the dumps, even mm-hmm. missing my ex even more for no reason. Mm-hmm. But like, How did you meet them? Um, the, the school had some, like, uh, programs at the beginning for, like, some of the new students, and they took us on, like, trips and stuff. Uh-huh. And, like, I got to meet some of them, and, like, how, like, one of them is, like, super hilarious. She's, like, a jokester. And, like, any <laughs> time we're together, it's just, like, laughter and laughter with her. And there's just, like like four people that I can like call my friends that are like super close to me now yeah. that I would just hang out with all the time whenever I have time and like we'll just crack up and like mm-hmm. we're all from North Carolina, which is really funny. Oh, funny. I also have a TV in my room, so they all like to come watch movies, <laughs> scary movies. Uh-huh. And I don't like that, but I'm like, I'll just I'll just leave you guys to the room because I don't like scary movies. I think for like um, uh, Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos, which they all celebrate, um, we all got together in my room and like had like a little party got like pizza and like mm-hmm. watched movies and sang songs it was like really cool it's like a little family that i have now yeah like my little sisters that i call them and they're like since i'm older like oh yeah mom they call me mom so i'm like oh yeah i'm your mom girl <laughs> so it also makes me feel like younger like it makes me feel like i'm a little kid again or not like a little kid but like not 26 and not thinking about older things and just like and then now like with my friend Ingrid we always laugh I'm like dude like (laughs) it's never serious it's always laughter Mm -hmm. and so it like it's contagious and it makes me feel way like like I'm 18 again like I'm like it's been such a long time and I didn't get to experience this when I was 18 and now I'm like experiencing it at 26 and I'm like experiencing it differently but because of them I feel like Mm -hmm. I get to I feel like I'm eighteen again. Sometimes I'm like oh wait, I'm not eighteen, I'm twenty six, I have be
0: twenty-seven.
2: Oops. So yeah.
0: Margarita doesn't take for granted the laughter she shares with her college friends, yeah. because she does have serious things to worry about. When she was eight, her parents brought her and her little brother to United States from Mexico illegally. With help, they crossed the border in the desert and made their way to California, where she has two sisters. Eventually, Margarita, her parents, and her little brother moved to North Carolina. We talk about what it's like for her being a dreamer, which refers to the DREAM Act, a bill yet to pass Congress that would grant her a path to legal permanent residency. Currently, she's attending college under DACA, which stands for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, that allows select people, brought to the United States illegally, to go to school and work. Last year, the Trump administration repealed DACA, And unless Congress passes the DREAM Act or some similar legislation, Margarita and other people like her may be in danger of being deported to countries some have little or no memory of. During and after high school in North Carolina, she kept her immigration status a secret. Since moving to D.C., she's been more open, seeing the city as more progressive, but she still faces difficult conversations and an uncertain future
2: one person asked me jokingly they're like oh so like did you get a green card do you even know what a green card looks like mm-hmm. and I'm like of course I know what a green card looks like I have one like you know mm-hmm. because I didn't want them to think that I wasn't one like that I wasn't legal in the states and then I remember when I was younger this one guy was like oh you wet back people used to say that uh-huh. when I was like a nice guy I was like actually I was like wet back is people that cross like through the river to the Rio ground and I was like we actually walked the desert jokingly but Mm -hmm. it was true (laughs) but like so you know like but things like that I knew that people weren't like understanding of the situation a lot of people there didn't understand that situation because they're all from a small little town and like you can't really open people's mind up sometimes I feel like it doesn't really like sometimes like I see the point and I share my story so people can see and put a face to who we are, that we're not criminals, and that we're like not here stealing jaws and mooching off of like the the government here, or whatever, because we all work and pay taxes. And now that we have like social security, even before that, but like, sometimes we feel like it doesn't matter, no matter how many times I share my story, no matter mm-hmm. how many times I go and tell people like, the situation is still the situation that it is. Like, we're still like faced with deportation, like, you know, when our DACA ends and like, I'm just like, what is really the point of sharing my stories with these people? Mm -hmm. Like, what are they really going to do? Yeah. You know, I just feel like it's... Sometimes I feel like it's a waste of time. Sometimes I do understand to educate people. Yeah. But I feel like some people just listen and that's it.
0: So why do you keep doing it?
2: I just... I feel like maybe somebody would make a difference. Maybe somebody will hear it and feel so compelled that it will actually um, go do something. I mean... I'm very like an open book. I like to if you ask me my story, I'll tell you. Yeah. And so, um, whenever people ask me to share my story, um, I know some people are like a lot of my friends don't want to share their story because they feel like people are apprehensive. Some people don't understand it, and you mm-hmm. know, like there's there's no point in it. Yeah. Or some of them are just like too um, shy or like are scared of sharing their stories. And I'm like, I'll I'll do it. I mean, yeah, yeah.
0: You're really willing, but do you f- do you ever feel any of that like? Scared or yeah, I do. Like, um,
2: I feel like I, I hate like being identified by my story. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm more than just a dreamer. Yeah. I just want to be a regular person, like just yeah, a regular girl. That's just yeah, an American girl that lives here, and just you know, like it's it's frustrating sometimes.
0: Well, that yeah, that must be like a weird balance because earlier you mentioned that in Wilmington you had to be really secretive. Yeah. And you felt like you couldn't be yourself and and yet you feel like now you want to share and people are asking you to share your yeah. story and trust and you trust more people but it's not all of who you are either no you know that's, that's so
2: when, like i'm like that's what i said like split in between yeah. like who i am like and the one time um, the majority of me is a dreamer right like i
0: what does that uh, mean though what do you what do you mean the majority of you is a dreamer, like
2: that's what encompassed me. I guess my immigration status is what makes me- Do you feel
0: it. like that? Or why do you say that?
2: I feel like I've been dubbed that. Like, like the the media has like put that on us, that we're dreamers and that we're here, like the kids that were arrived. Kind of like given an identity. It's not a bad identity. Like I identify with it that we're like hard workers and you know, we're brought here when we were little kids or whatever, but we've also all grown up here. Like my yeah. friend, one of my friends arrived here when she was like nine months.
0: Yeah.
2: All she knows is America. All her life, like, like it's weird to tell her that she's not a citizen. She's been here all her life.
0: Do you identify as American?
2: Yeah, I do. But I also, but I also identify as a Mexican. Yeah, it's it's crazy because I'm like.
0: What does uh, that mean to you? Like, what does it mean to you to be a Mexican?
2: I like to embrace my like my cultural heritage, like especially for me, um, because I come from like an indigenous community where like we speak Zapoteco and I speak Zapoteco, um, Spanish is my first language. Um, I celebrate um, uh, our Independence Day, which is not Cinco de Mayo, it's (laughs) September 16th, or (laughs) November 16th, I think it's September 16th. Uh And so like that type of stuff and like having pride, like listen to mariachi music, it's just like so like, like I feel like, I feel like it's like no other, like my like my Mexican culture. But then I'm like here, and I'm like, I'm also very American. like.
0: What does it mean for you to be American?
2: Like, I feel like pride in my country. I, I appreciate it for like um, women that um, coming from my uh, ethnic background where like um, the women in my community don't really have much I would say, uh-huh. don't really get to go to school, don't yeah. really have any opportunities that I have been blessed with yeah. here, where um, I was blessed with the education, and now, like, um, they're giving us a voice, you know, letting me be able to speak and be a woman and and um, a minority as well, you know. Um, yeah. That's one of the biggest things that I'm really grateful for this country that has given yeah. me the education. It's one of the biggest things, because... Yeah is something that I probably wouldn't have been able to do if I was in Mexico, um, because my sisters have kids and they're like, my niece, some of my nieces are around the same age Mm -hmm. because my sisters are older. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And one of them is like, I think she's like 17 and she's having a baby already. And she didn't get to finish high school. She didn't even Mm -hmm. finish like elementary school because there's really nothing for her Mm -hmm. other than that. And I cannot imagine the people that I grew up with when I was little in in Oaxaca um, all have kids now, are married. No. And I'm like, that's not me. That's not what. I-. At one point, maybe I wanted that, and it was a little ingrained in me that I have yeah. to have a man um, by my side to be uh, secure. That mm-hmm. I have to have a guy beside me, a husband, to be able to like be someone. Mm-hmm. But um, America has like changed that for me. That I'm like, I'm a woman, and I can do whatever I want by myself, and I don't need a yeah. man for
1: that. Yeah. Let's stop here for a second. I got a question. Sure. Uh, we discussed earlier about how we know each other pretty well. Has uh, there ever been a time where you felt like you couldn't tell me something about you, uh, something you've done, or part of your history uh, for fear of judgment, despite all of that knowledge?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that I think that again, it it goes to the idea of who we are and that fear of rejection. So, I mean, whether it's crappy stuff that I've done or parts of myself that you didn't know about yet. Um, because we were so close, I felt an impulse to tell you stuff. Um, but then yeah, at different times there certainly was fear, um, that you would reject me for one reason or another, um, or would change our friendship. Um, but ultimately we did have this relationship of trust. And so pretty much whatever it was, I did tell you. And, um, And it was super affirming to be able to tell you. And it also affirmed those things in me. It affirmed um, the good things that I shared with you um, that like, yeah, they were good and you received that. But then those kind of tough things that I shared with you, the fact that you didn't react to them affirmed that they didn't say as much about me as I thought they would, um, that I was still good underneath all of that.
1: Yeah. I I would say that I think a lot of the things that, in my understanding, you think are big-ticket bad things or scary things or things that might bring judgment are actually, in my mind, minor, relatively minor things that don't seem to have any effect on our friendship. Um, And I think that's something that I find a lot is that when I do the same for you, when I tell you the things that I've done or the bad parts of my history, the things that I'm afraid of, I always find that you kind of, you don't brush it off, but you don't let it affect anything, and you don't bring it up in conversation. It's not—it's not a dynamic change. So
0: yeah, that's pretty amazing to me. Um, besides nationality, what? Who is Margarita? But how are you right now? As you're 26, which is totally like a place where you do not have to know exactly who you are. But <laughs> Honestly, so far,
2: I don't really know. Like, I'm just like, uh, I think I didn't do a lot of crazy stuff when I was younger. But like, I'm just like just regular person that's just like trying to figure out what to do with their life a 26 year old still not married looking at my friends that are younger than me, married having kids and i'm just like maybe it's time for me but then i was like no there's like goals that i have in mind that i want to uh-huh. achieve and like i'm like i don't know i feel like i'm very different from people that i've met like a lot of the regular, like hispanic that you would dub like mm-hmm. um i played rugby people are like well, you played mm-hmm. rugby and i'm like yeah it's like you, I was like the only Hispanic girl ever in any of the tournaments uh-huh. I played. That's another thing. Like I always want to break, um, what is it? Stereotypes. Like that's my thing. Like I don't want to fit a mold. Yeah. Like you never see women back home play sports, play mm-hmm. soccer, back in our community. And I was like, yeah, I'll play soccer. Yeah, I'll play. I play rugby. Mm-hmm. You know. And like, I, I'm not gonna get married. I'm not gonna have kids. I'll go to college mm-hmm. and I'll make something of myself.
0: Do you remember any of the like friends you grew up with in Oaxaca?
2: Yeah, I do. Um, we used to go and like I used to like uh, be a uh, goat herder or whatever and like we'd take goats oh, wow. we have little goats uh-huh. and we'd take them out and we'd all just hang out with like the kids being yeah. eight years old in the forest which yeah. you don't really think about here keep, people don't leave their kids like uh-huh. like let their kids be alone or walk from school you know uh-huh. but my parents didn't really care like you know it's yeah. like a community everybody knew each other and just go hang out and yeah. I, I loved the way I grew up
0: did you so do you remember being sad when you left or, like <sighs> missing your friends or the life you had there
2: I don't remember being sad. I was excited because I got to see my sisters that I had not seen for a while yeah. when I moved
0: here. When Margarita's parents brought her from Mexico, they left behind three grown daughters. When they left California for North Carolina, another two of her sisters stayed behind. Though she has six siblings in all, Margarita spent most of her childhood with her younger That brother. must be really hard to be like... Not only separated, but kind of scattered.
2: Yeah, um, in a sense. It's sad. I've talked to my brother. We talked about this because I feel like it's just the two of us. Beca- my little brother and I, because we grew uh-huh. up together. My other sisters didn't. and like.
0: But yeah. you feel like you're kind of like friends with your brother though, right? Oh yeah, my brother's
2: like my best friend. Uh, I love him. He's, awesome. like, he's like my life. I feel like I don't know what my life would be without him.
0: Yeah, yeah. why are you two so close?
2: My mom and my dad were always working, Uh so I kind of always had to look out for him, like, for us to eat or whatever. I would always, like, be the one, like, to cook for us. How much
0: older are you then?
2: Um, Five, five Uh, years older. Yeah, so I was really hateful when he came around, because I was, like, the only baby, I was, like, the baby of the family, and he came, and he was a guy, and so, like, that tells you a lot about our culture, that Mm. they care a lot for the guys, so I was like, so he, like, dethroned me. And I was like, Ugh. But, like, I was, honestly, it's like, the most amazing blessing in my life, my little brother. So he started playing football, and I was like, I'll go pick you up from practice, and I'll drop you off because I wanted him to have that experience of, like, an American kid or, like, you know, yeah. play sports and do things in school that I didn't have, like, the yeah. opportunity to. And um, as we grew up older, like... With my ex-boyfriend, that, like, when I was really sad, he was always like, you know, I'm so proud of you, sis. Like, you're doing so good. Like, mm-hmm. you, like you know, you don't need that. Mm-hmm. Or like a really young kid, he works really hard. And he's to such an amazing man that I'm so proud of him. That like he stepped up to the plate. He used to be like a jerk at a time where he mm-hmm. went through some time and like... But he's, like, become, like, he's kind of like my older brother now. He looks up to me, and he, like, tells me, like, I'm like, why, why are you telling me what to do? Like, I'm older than you. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, he's, like, more responsible than I am, so.
0: Yeah, I remember feeling that way with my um, my little sister who's two – I have a couple little sisters, but one who's two years younger than uh-huh. me. Uh-huh. And I remember feeling some – like, we get, you know, when we get into it, when we were younger. And, yeah. And she was always really frustrated with me because I was, like – did a little bit better in school and uh-huh. was in like the higher classes. And I like, I remember her yelling at me one time when we were in a fight at home and she was like, you just use such big words, just so stupid. And <laughs> like, and she, but now, and then like we grew up and I went off to college and, and she, um, she went to school too, but she stayed at home. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I kind of took the opportunity being away to like do my thing, mm-hmm. you know, like you do. And, um, I like remember I spent a whole bunch of money like the first like credit thing. Oh, that yes. I, oh my gosh! And I had to call home and be like, I don't know what I did. Help! <laughs> and she was always like super responsible. Oh my
2: god! Yeah, that's my brother.
0: And so it started then that like she was and she like got married a little bit before I did, mm. and then she like had her baby like a year before <laughs> I did, and
2: she's been winning ever since. Exactly. Exactly. Dang.
0: I don't. And I don't, I don't think I can catch up now. <laughs> um, Just
2: have another baby.
0: Yeah. <laughs> way so um so I totally get that and then you know but I look forward to our relationship like growing and changing like mm-hmm. it, it makes me excited as to be adults um not just to like go through these different things together but like to discover this like new friendship with her mm-hmm. um do you look forward to that with your brother like do you see him as like the friend that'll definitely be there, just because like, yeah. you've had all these, like, changing friendships, it sounds yeah.
2: like. He's, like, the one that's going to be there. Like, I know this weekend I was kind of, like, a little sad, moping, and you know? I was, like, I really missed my ex because obviously he's the one I was talking to but I was uh-huh. like my brother's always there so I call my brother and we talk and we always we always crack up we always joke and like I can't wait to see like where our life goes and like us grow older because we were like we grew up in this family where like our family wasn't really close like my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family weren't really close to each other yeah. and so I was like I, I don't want that to be us I was like I want us to like to have our kids and our kids be like best friends with their cousins and, like we we'll always be together and stuff and so yeah yeah
0: That's awesome. What does it mean to be a friend to you? What do you think a friend is, like a good friend?
2: Um, I think a good friend to me is somebody that is there for you whenever you need them Um, and doesn't judge you on your dumb choices that you tell. (laughs) They're just like, okay. You know, like, doesn't be like, I told you so, but just like, you know, like, you did that. Oh, well, you learned from it. Um, Like, um, it's like just to be in companionship with you through life. I felt like my friends have done that for me that have like accompanied me through the good times, through the bad times, and have never left my side no matter what.
0: Thank you for talking with me.
2: Yeah, thank you for inviting me to talk. I'm like, it was pretty cool. Yeah, thanks.
0: So what did you think of my conversation with Margarita?
1: Uh, I think it was was interesting for a couple of reasons. I think, number one, I could relate to a lot of the questions of identity um, and kind of trying to figure out who I am. Um, Earlier, you and I talked about that, those changes that we've gone through. So for me, the, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily switching nationalities, but I was switching the, you know, the mindset of being a single man to being a married man to being a father. And those kind of questions of identity and questions of how do I fit into my new role and how do I kind of share this with the people who I love and my friends um, who aren't married and who aren't uh, having kids and how do I relate my my experience to them was definitely something that I could appreciate and uh, felt very connected to. Uh, She also, I also found it fascinating that she seemed to be much more willing to assimilate or adapt into and and change her identity than I think a lot of people um, are to begin with. So a lot of people, um, like myself, would have a hard time. I I try to think of how to say this. I did not find the transition to being a father an easy or an enjoyable process. I think it it, it took a lot of work and a lot of support from people like you. And um, the the help and the community that was around me, because I was the first one of all my friends who got married. I was the first one who had kids. I mean, my first friend who had a kid was you, really. And you had. your daughter, when my daughter was what five, I think. Yeah, so we, we, um, you no, know, there's there five years there where I had a singular experience and I couldn't really relate to my friends. Um, and I had a hard time finding that transition.
0: Yeah, I think that, um, that I've gone through that same thing, the changing identities. And, and some of it's not always been clear cut. I mean, I went from being in college to being a graduate student in the same college town with mm-hmm. n- no friends. And uh, that became such a stark reality that I super had to leave and um, and get out of there. And so I think that, yeah, those changing roles and identities can sometimes um, be the, the impetus for like changing our life and for moving in different directions. Um, I think For Margarita, those questions of identity have um, led her to make certain friends, to be secretive, to be open, um, to build relationships of trust. And those are the same things that my questions of identity have caused, too. The way that I open up um, and discover who I am or decide who I am um, has really determined uh, what people I have by my side, Um, either because I pick people who are... Um, gonna help me get through certain things or I relate to and the identities that I've taken on or Just because they have stuck around when those identities have been difficult or challenging um, And maybe even sometimes negative and not so great Um, Because I think that's part of The kind of friendship that I talk about with margaritas these friendships that are unconditional It's not just a matter of affirming the positive ways that our identity grows Um, but it's also just a matter of being there for the journey and knowing that in those moments where things are a bit dodgy that I'm still your friend. I'm still here for you, and there's a little bit of an anchor there. Um, And I've certainly felt that with my friends, and I I think we've felt that with each other, I hope. Wouldn't you agree?
1: I, I would say so. There have been times that I've really, really not liked you, and there have been times that I've really, really appreciated your friendship more than I can put into words um but the fact that we have stuck through the bad times as well as the good times because sometimes good times you know if you hit a certain plateau of euphoria with a person then it doesn't really it's not really worth it after that you know so um you know it, it's not always fun and games it's not always partying it's not always doing stuff together you're know, coming back down to reality is really hard as well so you know the fact that you and I can yeah. stick through all of that crap good and bad and um, I think that that's that's what's amazing, and you know what the fascinating thing for me is that because of that, you help define my identity as it's happening. So you're not kind of on the sidelines watching me become a father. You're not on the sidelines watching me become a husband. You are form- forming my husbandness, husbandry. That's animals. <laughs> um, you are forming my being a husband in a positive way and you're forming my being a father in a positive way and you wouldn't have that unless we stuck throughout all those years together
0: yeah yeah that's definitely true um you know i think i mean besides uh, you and i friendship um i think about Uh, Like my friendship with my wife and how that's changed um, since we were before we even dated when we were friends and dating and then getting married. And uh, it's kind of crazy facing the reality of spending the rest of your life with a person, especially when you think about the fact that, um, you know, when we first met and then we got married and even now two years later, almost um, we are completely different people. And again, that idea that being there with somebody through that journey and affirming that uh, I'm going to go ahead and be in your life, um, regardless of how that reality may change, um, is is super f- profound, but really, really valuable. Um, I think for Margarita, that person has obviously been um, her brother, who's been there from the beginning and is going to continue to be there. Um, and I think that family is super important and that we should never like discredit the friendships that we can form with siblings, and I I think to not take that for granted is important too, because not everybody has the kind of friendship that she does um, with her brother. Um, but again, that's why friends are important because sometimes where all of us lack as humans um, in being siblings, our friends can can sometimes pick up the slack and uh, and uh, and fill in those gaps. So,
1: and I I think that friends are amazing because you know, you talk about friends becoming family, but, you know, there's really nothing keeping you in my life. We haven't, we don't have kids together. We're not, we're, there's not a ring on our finger that says the we're bound. There's no DNA that's similar between us. Um, and the fact that we stick to each other, stick with each other like family, regardless of all that, I think says something profound about the beauty of it and um, the potential of it as well.
0: yeah. I agree. Well, I think it was really great talking with Margarita about this. Uh, it certainly helped me to reflect. I mean, um, you know, we can change our identities and go from being college students to fathers um, and husbands. But she's kind of facing some high stakes identity questions. And um, I'm really happy to know um, to know her, but to also know that she has friends in her life um, that support her. And uh, we'll certainly be keeping track of how she does and, um, and circling back to, to see how she's doing and maybe in a later episode.
1: I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, awesome. A quick update. Before we release this episode, I caught up with Margarita as she was preparing for final exams. When I asked her how she felt about news on DACA and immigration, she said she was trying to avoid thinking about it so she can focus on her studies. She's hoping for straight A's this semester. She's planning to stay in DC over summer break to work and volunteer, but between exams and her summer plans, she'll visit home. That is her parents, friends, and her little brother.
1: Better With You is hosted by Anthony Esther and Miles Woodfield edited and produced by Pat Hicks, with help from our creative producer, Sarah Bisha. Our intro music is by me, Miles Woodfield, on The Mandolin. A special thanks to Andy Bisha and New Radio Media. Today's episode was produced by Anthony Esser. Credit music for this episode is Estoy Loco, used with permission from Estrellas Kalantanas. We thank you for joining us today. Making this podcast is a joy and is always better with you.
0: Que no dejo de pensar en ti